Welcome to Fully Vetted, Animal Care News from the Clinic to the Farm, presented by the Ohio Veterinary Medical Association. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. I'm Kristen Bennett. If you've tuned into the evening news over the last few months, you've heard that xylazine has made its way into the U.S. illegal drug supply, causing horrific side effects and even deaths in humans, and putting xylazine in the spotlight for both state and federal legislators. How has this affected the licit use of xylazine in veterinary medicine? Today, Mia Cunningham and I sit down with OVMA Executive Director Jack Advent to find out. Welcome back, Jack. Thank you, Kristen and Mia. Uh, Good to be back. In March of this year, Ohio became one of the first states to identify xylazine as a Schedule III controlled substance. Can you give us a brief history as to how we kind of landed there? Uh, Sure. So unfortunately, xylazine is being used illicitly, and that's been occurring across the country, not just in Ohio. It's being mixed with fentanyl, um, obviously an appropriate use uh, for humans. It's an illicit pathway in in, inappropriate drug channels. For those listeners who are not veterinarians, can you explain why this drug is so important to the profession? Um, Sure. So xylazine is actually a very important drug that's used in sedating animals for a variety of species, but most commonly in the large animals, uh, in the equine and the bovine sectors, xylazine is a really important drug for them to have access to. For one, it is um, well established. So for dealing with um, in the bovine sector, it's already, it has a, a limited withdrawal time. So from a food safety standpoint, it's a well-established drug that we know we can use. It's also a drug that you don't need a whole lot of to sedate um, a very large animal. So it's, it's good in that way. And there are occasions where you need to, not, not just in a surgical sense, but if you have an animal that's fractious, so for the protection of that animal, as well as for those around it, you need to be able to quickly sedate it in an efficient way. Uh, so xylazine is certainly used in that standpoint by veterinarians and sometimes by the producers uh, to be able to deal with a situation like that. There's not another good alternative. So it's not just a question of, well, you can't use xylazine, go over here and use drug ABC. So, you know, it's, it's well-established. Um, it's effective. It, it's, there, there are a lot of good reasons why it really needs to be available to veterinary medicine. And, and ultimately, to, you know, that's, that's for our benefit, too, certainly in the context of food safety and in terms of worker safety. We want to make sure that those pipelines um, continue to exist and, and that xylazine is on the market for that, you know, that reason, again, for the illicit use of it, not the illicit. As far as xylazine abuse in humans, we know this is happening, but I'm curious as to the scale. Is this a well-documented problem, or are legislators trying to get ahead of something that hasn't happened yet in hopes of avoiding another drug epidemic? So xylazine um, is is a known problem. It's been identified by the Drug Enforcement Agency as being used in these illicit ways, and it's evident in some of the Physical symptoms that occur with the end users of that drug um, create some very horrible side effects for humans. So it, it is well established, unfortunately, that it that has been occurring. But the source of that illicit 
xylazine that the DEA at least identifies is really coming from China. And it's coming in bulk form. It's coming in a powder form. Uh, it's not in the same kind of form. Uh, veterinary, veterinary medicine is not the source of um, illicit xylazine. Veterinarians don't even use the same type. They use injectable xylazine. So, Are we seeing this problem in Ohio? I don't know if you may, we're not on the front lines of, of uh, drug enforcement, but we've been told that, yes, it is occurring in Ohio as well as across the country. Reportedly, the the major problem is in, not far away in Pennsylvania, but it, it is occurring in Ohio. Well, Jack, given that, what's being done on a state level to ensure Ohio veterinarians have access to xylazine? So when we became aware that uh, the state of Ohio wanted to make a xylazine a controlled uh, substance in Ohio, um, we immediately reached out to the administration, made them aware of uh, its appropriate use in veterinary medicine and how important it was. So we wanted to make sure or, or do our best while recognizing the problem that's going on with human um, illicit use. We wanted to make sure that its illicit use would continue and that the distribution channels for xylazine would remain open. So, you know, we did work with Department of Agriculture, the Board of Pharmacy, we did ask at the time that it, they came to us that they would wait and because there's a federal resolution underway, which I guess we'll talk about in here in a little bit. Um, we did ask that. However, they felt that they needed to take some action right away. So obviously try to make our members as aware as possible um, that th this might occur. Tapped into some national information to um, access in terms of uh, its availability. What are the challenges to the distribution channel? So, you know, as kind of the, the so-called perfect storm scenario, when there was first conversation about you know, problems with xylazine being abused in, in humans, unfortunately, the uh, there are three manufacturers of xylazine, legitimate use of xylazine in veterinary medicine. One of those, a company by the name of Acorn, which was the largest supplier, we've been told it's as much as 80% of the, of the source of, again, appropriate use of xylazine, went bankrupt. And so that distribution channel uh, quickly went away other than what was already in the pipeline. Of the remaining two companies that manufacture xylazine, one in the United States, did have authority from the DEA to manufacture controlled drugs. The other, however, did not. The other, um, because xylazine was not a controlled drug, they were manufacturing drugs which were not controlled and it creates a, a whole set of criteria that they obviously have to go through and, and maintain security, et cetera. They weren't already established as a controlled drug manufacturer and then would have to go through a, an elaborate process to achieve that. The concern then, if, if you start doing the math, you have three companies. One's bankrupt, going out of business. Of the remaining two, one can't manufacture xylazine if it's a controlled drug. So now we're down to one. And so there was definitely some serious concerns about the um, ability to um, maintain access to xylazine in veterinary medicine. And it's, again, it's a hugely important drug that's, that's frequently used, particularly in large animal medicine. Now that xylazine is a Schedule Three controlled drug, what do veterinarians need to be aware of or do differently in their day-to-day -day practice? They take, have to take some additional um, precautions in terms of how it's stored and how it's recorded. Now, veterinarians are used to dealing with controlled drugs. I mean, this is not a, a new concept for them. So in terms of just the, the paperwork, um, the tracking of it, uh, probably the bigger 
issue, and, it, and it's not, again, it's not something that veterinarians can't adapt and, and certainly do already, is just maintaining and ensuring that that drug is secured at all times and that only a prescriber or veterinarian can actually access it and that their staff can only access it if they are close by to observe them doing so. So again, you know, some added steps that had to be taken, but nothing that, that couldn't be handled. Um, that wasn't, I mean, why it was a concern, it wasn't our major concern with the um, scheduling of xylazine. The, the major concern was just the accessibility of the drug for its appropriate use in veterinary medicine. Now, Jack, you had touched base with us earlier about um, there being some federal legislation regarding xylazine. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the, this problem of illicit use of xylazine is a national problem. It's not an Ohio problem. And then so appropriately, uh, there were efforts immediately um, undertaken in Congress to try to and address this situation. And the, the way that it was initially carved out and, and the American Veterinary Medical Association was actively involved in that. And they asked all the states to also support that effort. But the way it was, it's, it's carved out in the legislation is it, it makes the illicit use of xylazine illegal, it makes it a controlled drug, um, obviously. But what that does is it allows law enforcement to treat those who misuse it, whether in a distribution channel or in a use standpoint, in a different way than if it was just a um, over-the-counter drug. So we we certainly support, and that's great, that we need law enforcement to have the tools that they need to uh, tackle the illicit use. But what the legislation also did is it created a pathway where its illicit use, where its use in veterinary medicine could absolutely continue in a non-controlled schedule standpoint. And that, again, most of the reason behind that was to ensure that the manufacturing pipelines could remain fully open. So, you know, that legislation is working its way through the process. We are tracking that. It's received passage in the um, House uh, subcommittee at which it was being heard and then the full committee. So as we are speaking today, it's my understanding that it should be voted on by the full United States House of Representatives here in the very near future. So we're hopeful and certainly have reason to be so that federal legislation will pass. And when it does pass, again, it will create a a two-tiered system where the inappropriate or illicit use of xylazine, there will be tools for law enforcement to deal with that, but it will continue to create a pathway for its appropriate use in veterinary medicine without scheduling it as a controlled drug, just putting some added tracking and reporting requirements to ensure that no large quantities start to get put into the the wrong channels. Jack, what has OVMA been doing to advocate for veterinarians and keep its members informed about what's going on regarding xylazine regulations? Uh, you know, from the beginning, we've tried to keep our members uh, aware of the situation that was developing, certainly when it first came to light, that Ohio may take that step. And when they did, what, you know, the kinds of steps that our members needed to take, we've been trying to keep them informed as federal legislation. And we're also trying to keep um, the Board of Pharmacy and the administration informed um, because, you know, one of the things that we are, are seeking from a state standpoint is that when, and we do believe it's a question of not if, but when federal leg- legislation is passed, that Ohio, if you will, sync up with the federal legislation and that we not have a, a, a different set of circumstances in Ohio for xylazine than is the, for the rest of the country. So we're asking them that when that occurs, to basically step back and take their administrative rules and make those in concert with the federal legislation. So 
And we're going to keep our members, obviously, informed uh, as we get through that process. You know, can never predict when you're dealing with legislative bodies, but there's reason to believe that before the end of the year, this will become federal law. All right. Well, thanks for being here today, Jack. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Krista. (laughs) That's a wrap on today's episode. Special thanks to today's guest for joining us on the show. And thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. As always, please feel free to visit fullyvettedpodcast.com for show notes and to provide listener feedback. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to follow Fully Vetted on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Like the show? Please submit a quick rating and comment on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more listeners like you. Until next time, stay safe and be well.